In today's episode of The Oracle and the Warrior, we will be asking the question, does organized religion infringe upon the one promise God gave us to have free will? Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Oracle and the Warrior podcast. My name is Tina, and I am one of God's oracles. And my name is Laura. I am one of God's warriors. Sound crazy? Welcome Welcome to to our our world. world. So, Tina, tell me, what are we talking about today? We are going to ask the question, does organized religion infringe upon our free will, the one gift that God gave us? Sounds like it might be a little bit of a controversial topic. (laughs) Well, we're a couple of controversial girls. (laughs) Broads, we're broads. I believe it is our job to speak our truth with no fear of judgment and allow people to accept it or not. For sure. They got smart people out here. They can all... Uh, investigate into what we talk about. There you go. And whether or not you agree with us doesn't negate your intelligence. It just means that we're exactly as we are supposed to be individuals. Right. Exactly. So as we always say, it doesn't matter if you believe in God, universe, higher power, Mother Earth. It's all the same thing. We just call it by different names. Mm -hmm. For myself and Laura, we refer to that energy as God because that's just our belief system. So throughout this episode, that's what we will be referring to that energy as. Correct. So Laura, let's start with... Tell me. What is the actual definition of free will? Free will. It is the power of acting without the constraint of necessity or fate. The ability to act at one's own discretion. The ability to act at one's own discretion. Be discreet. Okay. (laughs) Now, Laura. Yes. What is the definition of organized religion? Organized religion is a structured system of faith or worship, especially one followed by a large number of people, such as Christianity, Islam, Judaism, etc. Free will is the ability to act at one's own discretion, mm-hmm. and organized religion is a structured system. No comment. One of, the, <laughs> one of these things is one not. One of these things is not like the other. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, just one. Well, a couple of okay, questions. Okay, okay. Would you say that some organized religions have an inflated sense of self-importance, like that they're the only true church or they're the only true children of God? Yes. Okay. My belief, yes. Do you feel that some church leaders demand admiration or have like a sense of entitlement, like, you know, I'm I'm the mouthpiece of God or, you know, that they feel entitled? Yes, especially after watching the movie about Tammy Faye Baker last night. Yes. Oh, y'all have to tell me about that. Woof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you... Good movie, but yes. <laughs> Have you ever noticed uh, that some of these leaders and maybe even some of the churchgoers have an inability to handle criticism and they will disregard other people's feelings if they're not of the same faith? Yes. <laughs> so, Laura. Yeah. I'm scared. I'm scared. Where's it going? No fear. Peace, love, no, and joy. Absence of fear. I know. So would it surprise you if I told you that all of those things, the inflated sense of self-importance, the demand for admiration, sense of entitlement, inability to handle criticism, and disregarding other people's feelings are the top symptoms of narcissism? Whoopsie. (laughs) What have we uncovered here? Yowza. Free will and narcissism don't really go together. 
No, narcissism is uh, controlling. Almost. Ah, yes, controlling. <laughs> I am in no way saying that every church and every church leader and every church goer is a narcissist. That is not what I am saying. Far from it. Correct. Far from yeah. it. I am just saying that the organization itself is structured towards narcissistic behavior to judge people and to control people and Free will is the ability to act at one's own discretion. Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, with having grown up with organized religion. Myself as well. (laughs) uh, We were expected to follow certain rules, uh, not at our own discretion, but what what they expected of us. And as a child, we did it mostly willingly. (laughs) (laughs) But the word there, mostly willingly, right? Not necessarily free will. Well, and I do understand as children, right, we crave rules and we crave, I know you're looking at me like I'm crazy, <laughs> but it is in the child's I craved psyche. ice cream sandwiches and <laughs> I craved pizza on Fridays at school. I did not crave rules. So the way. But I know where you're going. The way the <laughs> mind of the child is set up, they feel safer when they have boundaries. When they have structure. When they have structure Mm -hmm. and boundaries, right, there is a fine line. I know this because I'm a mother and I've done it myself, but there's a fine line of as our children grow, allowing them more and more free will Mm -hmm. to choose their own path and to choose their own life on this earth to love them as they are. There is no magic number. I mean, in the United States, the magic number is 18, but there is no magic number. No. There is absolutely no magic number. And, you know, I was uh, talking to you know, everyone who listens to this podcast knows that my daughters are very outspoken. My youngest daughter was telling me the other day, she said, you know, if I take my child to the mall and they don't want to sit on Santa's lap, I'm not going to make them sit on Santa's lap. Just You don't want to make them cry? Just... <laughs> I'm sure she'll have other torture methods. (laughs) But, you know, she said people are so focused on getting that perfect picture with Santa or the Easter bunny or whatever that they don't focus on the child doesn't want to. Mm -hmm. The child is scared of something there. You're causing little do you know you're causing a little bit of a trauma in there. But this is this episode's not about that necessarily. Yeah. The point of what she was saying is I understand the importance of these are the rules and you must follow those or there will be consequences. Mm -hmm. She said, but I don't want to traumatize my child. If she doesn't want to take a picture, she or he doesn't want to take a picture with Santa or the Easter bunny or, you know, something like that. I'm not going to make them because I'm taking their free will. Yeah, my kids were terrified of Chucky. Really? Chuck E. Cheese. Not Chucky the doll. Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> no, both, both of them were like, yeah, Chucky. <laughs> so and don't get me wrong. Every time I talk about being raised in the organized religion as a kid, from kindergarten through sixth grade, I loved my school. Yeah. And I loved singing in church. And I loved being part of that ritual. I didn't love everything. I didn't like having to follow certain rules. And I remember questioning. But I never, looking back now... 
I remember the fear they instilled in us. And it was it was a lot of fear. But at that point as a child. Well, it was normal. It was and it was normal. Correct. Forgive her father for she has <laughs> sinned. It's been a million years since my last confession. But it, it, it did as an adult, you know, now that I look back, it instilled some trauma in me and some views that I had on God or on the Bible. But at that moment, I didn't recognize it. Well, no, because it was normal. A child who is, by no means am I saying that you were abused because I no, I have I have met your mother. And, Lele, I know you said we always talk about you in every episode, so I didn't want to leave we you out. We had to put it back. I didn't want we to We didn't talk about her in the last one. Dang it. Well, we'll go put a blurt back in. Okay. <laughs> While I have no doubt that she was absolutely stern in, you know, raising you to be a respectable young woman. She's not an abusive human. It's just not within her. Mm -hmm. So in no way am I saying that you were abused when I say this. But I do believe that I can see where people having the intent of doing the right thing. I don't believe that people say you're going to go to hell for having a tattoo Mm -hmm. or for I don't believe that they're just trained to be unkind. That's what they believe. That's what they truly believe, and they truly believe that they are helping you. Mm -hmm. But what they don't understand is that they are condemning themselves by judging. By judging, by being judgmental. By by judging, because I guarantee you that judgment that you are pushing off on me is going to be way worse when it comes time to answer to anything Mm -hmm. than whether or not I have a tattoo. Yeah. But I do remember as a child, of course, I don't recall if we ever talked about free will or not, but I do not recall being offered the opportunity to have free will. Does that make sense? I think it would have been different if they would have allowed us to make choices, right? Right. Of of what we wanted to do, how we wanted to praise or worship or even just any time that you would have the opportunity to do free will. You know, I I think that they would confuse that or maybe as kids we would have confused it with being of having freedom and we got to do what we want versus we have a choice. For example, right now, I don't want to impose on my children a, a sense, a organized religion like I, y'all are going to go here every Sunday with me because this is what I thought. I think that they, not as a little little child, but at right. their age now, they are old enough to decide like, yeah, that is something I would like to pursue. I feel it is beautiful or no, give me, let me figure it out by myself. Right. Like I was saying before is, you know, there is no... There's no age. It's not like when that child is born, you can say at this age, they're ready to make those decisions because each child is different. Mm -hmm. It's just part of finding that space with them of having starting with an open communication. And this is what I believe, but you have the right to believe whatever you choose. Mm -hmm. This is why I believe what I believe. But you have, but, the, yeah. but you have the free will to believe as you choose, and I think instilling that in them at a very young age helps them to be more comfortable with looking and finding what touches their heart, and it also makes it more them more likely to come to you if they come across someone at school that says, "Hey, let's go sacrifice some baby kittens down mm-hmm. at the lake." You know, we'll call that worship. I feel like that would be make them more open to like come and talk to you about it mm-hmm. bef- instead of just being, you know what I mean, drawn into yeah. to that, yeah. which could become a very dangerous situation very quickly. Yeah. You know, that's just kind of my view. Yeah. 
I remember as a child, you know, in, in the Catholic Church, we they would baptize babies, right? Mm-hmm. Because they said they were born with original sin. Now, my interpretation of that, I don't remember if I was told it or I heard it somewhere, but that the original sin was the baby causing pain to the mother, right, in the birth canal <laughs> coming out. Now, I know that is not the, the definition of what original sin is. Right. It says original sin is the tendency to sin innate in all human beings held to be inherited from Adam in consequence of the fall. The concept of original sin was developed in the writings of St. Augustine. Yeah, so that's not even a biblical thing per se, but a church, right? Right. So I wasn't baptized till I was four. I don't remember why, what the reasoning was with my mom. I think they weren't a member of the Catholic Church till I was four. So at that age, I was able to get baptized through the Catholic Church. I think, I think that they had to wait because every time they started to dip you in the water, it would start to boil. (laughs) (laughs) They couldn't even get me in the church. And then I remember seeing pictures of my baptism, and I was already a grown or an older child, Mm. and seeing little babies being baptized. And I always thought, oh, my God, what if I had died between being a baby and being four? I wouldn't have gone to heaven. No, I'm sorry, but that's effed up. That is seriously. That is seriously effed up. We don't know what kids are interpreting in church. Yeah. That's, and and that's I'm going to say right. in organized religion church. Because if you go to the Bible, right, Jesus is saying, you know, in Matthew 19, 14, he says, let the children alone. Yeah, like leave the children alone. Do not hinder them from coming to me for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. But then we're saying, hold on, if they're not baptized, they're not that good. Right. They're, they're born with all this sin, and so— So is he saying they let them come? You know, because they're always saying, be like children to come to me, right? Be innocent right. and loving, and well, but d- then they're saying, hold on. Be- believe in me like a child. Yeah, but hold on, but no, not if you're not baptized. That's—that um, one's a little bit rough. Yeah, So and that, you know, my children grew up in a— uh, what we called non-denominational. It's still sort of organized, but it's non-denominational. And they have very good memories of it, right? They did Bible studies and, and fun things. But now they're not that fond of going to church anymore. They're spiritual, and I'm spiritual, and we talk about it, and we pray. But they don't want to be part of any organized thing that's telling them. What they to have believe. to feel this way. And if you don't feel this way or do this, that you're a bad or, or you shouldn't belong to this church or you're not going to heaven or whatever you want to call it. Right. So you told me a story about a TikTok that you just recently watched. Without mentioning the actual religion, would you recount what this man said? Yeah, it was basically uh, he was wanting to leave this organized church. And they had told him that if he did do that, then he wasn't worthy of being a father and a husband because he just wasn't a good human being for not following those church's rules. And that's when he discovered, like, hold on, uh, y'all are telling me I'm a bad human being for not being in your church and you're judging me and you're casting me, you know, the stone and all of that. And so believing in God and finding and, and being a good human wasn't enough. No, he had to follow their rules. If he wasn't a member of their church, correct, then he was not worthy of being a father or a husband to those children, and, and removing them from from that church. Even even if he was, I guess what I don't understand is if he's an excellent father, 
and he belongs to this church and he's an excellent father Mm -hmm. and an excellent husband, how does the desire to no longer go to that church change his ability if he still has that that God that you know that that higher power that he is being a good human mm-hmm. how does that change how does that church's rules change him being a good human exactly he, he woke up to that and said no you know this is not something I want to be a part of y'all are calling me a bad human for just not wanting to come here every every week and, and go somewhere else yeah that's that, uh, Condem- basically condemning him. And again, as we've said before, I, I am not judging anybody that chooses to follow an organized religion or be part of a specific church. This is about my personal experiences. I was raised Catholic, as I've mentioned before, and I'm angry. I'm angry that we are taught to fear God and to revere this priest that's standing up on a pulpit. and A man. A man that tells us, listen to me, do as I do, when a lot of the things they do are not <laughs> are not good. They're not in alignment with God. They are definitely not in alignment with God. And because you trust this man that's standing all the pulpit, you'll do pretty much anything they ask of you. We can cover more of that topic at another time. But I wanted to bring up an article that's actually in CNN. Tina and I, we both read that actually this morning. And the title of it says, A pastor baptized people for decades using one wrong word. Now those are all considered invalid. So it does say pastor in this title, but it's referring to a Catholic priest. It states it in the article. So to make a long story short, and again, you can go to CNN news outlet and look this up, but it states that a Catholic priest has resigned after a church investigation found he performed invalid baptisms through most of his more than 20-year career according to Bishop Thomas Olmsted of the Diocese of Phoenix. And Laura, can you uh, explain to our listeners what it is that he did wrong? <laughs> the, this, what this, the church says he did hold, wrong. Hold <laughs> so can you explain, because from the article and also a news report that you and I watched together, my understanding is the repercussions of this are things like Marriages are now going to be invalid. Mm-hmm. The, the seven sacraments. The, the seven sacraments mm-hmm. um, are invalid. People uh, who were did their seven sacraments, got married in the church, and had children in the church, those children are now considered born out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. Bunch of psychological drama there. <laughs> Emotional damage. So, which this is big stuff. Like, this is a It's l- huge. Well, it and goes- this is thousands and thousands of people are yeah, affected. Yeah. So, I mean, you're upending people's complete belief system and their lives. And can you tell us? Because this must be something egregious. I mean, was he sacrificing children or animals? You'd think with, was, with the stance of the church. Was he taking- molesting children? No, no. Can no. you tell us so, what, yeah, but- what he did? So when you get baptized as an infant, right, that is your first sacrament. And again, it goes back to me getting baptized at the age of four and panicking, right? That was me at that age. Imagine these people that have gone through it, but I will read what it says. So he was saying, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He shouldn't have been using the word we. So because of the word we, but this bishop is saying that it should have been I baptize you because the impression that the Catholic Church has is that priest is standing in for Jesus. He's a stand-in, right? 
But so couldn't we be used as Christ, uh, you know, like me and my my brother Christ? Well, yeah, and, and they consider, you know, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It could be them we. as we. But no. So um, the article states the error also means that because baptism is the first of the sacraments, some people will need to repeat other sacraments. So imagine that parent that had their child baptized and is uh, considered, you know, you need the baptism to get to heaven, to God. Imagine that poor parent, the stress they're going to. I mean, as far as they believe that, correct? And that's what they're taught. A lot of people might not believe it, but if that's what they're taught, imagine the stress they're going through because they had a child or a parent or somebody that was baptized with the word we, and they don't get to go to heaven. I'm going to just share a little something here. Uh I do understand that parents, because my middle daughter, Faith, passed away. She lived for about 25 minutes, and Uh then she passed away. I'm going to be completely open and honest with you, with all of you. I considered suicide because I just I just wanted to be with her. I just wanted to be with her. In my mind, I thought, I've lived a decent life. If I die, I should be able to be with her. But those parents who believe now that their child, their beautiful baby, is not going to be in heaven, how many of them are going to commit a mortal sin in that religion, you know, like suicide, so that they can be with their child? Because when we read this this morning, I that was my first thought, mm-hmm. was I was willing to die to be with her. Yeah. And uh, speaking of suicide, the thoughts, my daughter's father committed suicide. We were already separated at the time, but he committed suicide. And at that time, we were going to a non-denominational church. And we asked the pastor to come over and just, you know, console the kids. They at that time did not know that it was a suicide, but just console them. And he took uh, Lance and I, my husband, up to the side. And this pastor proceeds to tell us that he literally says, you know he's not in heaven, right? Wow. So if you had uh, committed suicide because of what you were going through emotionally and you wanted to be with your, your child, you would not have gone to heaven, according to them. You're right. The trauma that it that it places on on somebody, you know. And at that time, I didn't believe what he said. I was like, I I already had different views. I didn't think God was going to punish him. He was in so much pain. But what if you did? did. I know. What if you did? And what if you put that upon your daughter? uh, If I had told my daughter, yeah, your dad isn't in heaven, she would have spent the rest of her life trying to not get into heaven so that she could be with her father. Exactly. The thing is, is that the words these when, when we put a man up on high or woman. But when we put them in this space of being Reverence. standing in for God mm-hmm. or standing in for Christ, we forget that they're human and flawed. Mm-hmm. We forget that how vital it is to look at the information and to use our own self-judgment and our own free will. And we forget to ask God. Mm-hmm. Ask him. He's not going to lie to you. Yeah. Because humans make mistakes all the time. And just the way they've interpreted what the Bible says doesn't mean they're right. That's their interpretation. There are so many different um, words that aren't easily understood, as as you know. (laughs) And they they take that interpretation, make it their own as a human, with good intentions, I assume. I I believe it's always with good intent. But it does not mean it's truth. 
So the the lives that you are wrecking with that word or or that teaching, it's it's a big responsibility. And unfortunately, you know, it talks about in Deuteronomy. I can't remember it exactly, but in essence, it says that whenever that it is human nature when man is given power, that he they will desire to hold that power, that dominion over man, mm-hmm. and that's something you really have to fight against to stay humble. You know, Laura and I daily basis. <laughs> you know, I tell people all the time, "Don't thank me, thank God." I'm just yeah. a pretty face and a, and voice. a voice, because if we don't stay humble. And we start to see ourselves as something more. Oh, yeah, we that, got the power. Yeah. Well, that's that's starting up some narcissism there, <laughs> isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. I was listening to something on the way into work a podcast. I know a podcaster listening to podcasts crazy, <laughs> but I was listening to a podcast Generation Y shout out, and they had a young lady on there who had gotten involved with uh, when she was young. She fell in love with this guy. And he was exotic, and he was different, and he was um, treated her really well and all of these things. And what she didn't know is that he was actually a drug dealer on the side. Mm-hmm. And he became a very high-up drug dealer, went to prison. All of the, But by the time she realized what was really going on, when she realized, like, the true scope of what he was into— mm-hmm. And he went to prison. Um, she already had a; they already had a son, and she was pregnant with their daughter. One of the things that she was talking about was how much it took her such a long time to get past the guilt and the shame and the embarrassment, as if she herself was, was a drug doing de- was a oh. drug dealer, because it was her husband, the host of the show. He was talking about that his brother had struggled with drug use, drug abuse his whole life, but he actually died from the doctors gave him a lethal combination of prescription medications. That's actually what he he gave him a brain aneurysm and he passed away. Mm -hmm. But the guilt and shame that he felt because so many people were, oh, drug overdose. And, you know, he was had all of this guilt and shame. That's my brother. That somehow his sins are are, I have to pay for, right? Wow. Kind of like you were talking about that the baby has to pay for the sin of causing the mom pain (laughs) during childbirth, you know? Yeah. The God I know doesn't care if you say I or we when you're baptizing someone. He doesn't really care about the words at all. What he cares about is what's in that person's heart. The intent the intent. Mm-hmm. And my husband made a really good point this morning. He said, what I, he said, what I don't understand is, and he was truly like, he wasn't being judgmental. He was truly like trying to understand mm-hmm. it. How can someone believe that God is so sadistic and so cruel that if a baby died or if somebody said we instead of I, that he would no longer allow them in to his home? Mm-hmm. Because I wouldn't do that to my child. Right. And is he a lesser parent than mm, we would be? We've agreed now. And, my, and he said, and if you truly believe he is that sadistic and horrible, why do you worship him? Yeah. And I imagine like people that are in the Catholic Church, and I go back to that because of this priest was a member of the church. If they don't believe, you know, what the article said, that they're fine. Okay, but you're still following yeah. This church and what they say. And if you do agree that it's fine, you know, go for it. 
those are your beliefs and, your and you cho- you choose that if that's Very what well. makes you happy. But how can, you know, and, and so many of the things have happened in these churches that are overlooked. I, I again, I don't understand. You know, we I'm sure we'll get into this at some other time, but there have been so many verified um, and I know of people, you know, myself being raised in the Catholic Church that were sexually molested by priests. And again, they go, well, that's just the man. Uh, It's not the you know, it's not Jesus. It's the man. But but that's the man that represents. But he's saying he stands in for Jesus. He's standing for Jesus. That's the man. And that he was chosen by God. Do you really think God chose this person? No, no. We don't. But I, 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 I don't under. And again, I don't understand. If you have an opinion about this out there, I would love to hear what your view is on it. Because and, maybe and there, there's uh, something we're missing. We're not seeing, yeah. There, definitely. I, it's just one of those things I could not be a part of that church any longer, personally. Yeah. So there's a scripture that as we were kind of researching all of this, there was a scripture that really kind of stuck out to Laura and I. We're going to read it in two different versions. I'm going to read the King James Version. Mm-hmm. Laura will be reading from uh, the same scriptures uh, from the New International Version. I guess I'll go ahead and start. Okay. This is the King James Version. It's Matthew 23, verses 1 through 4. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All, therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. This is verse 4, and this was the one that was really very strong for me. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. So, Laura, will you? Yeah, I'll read the NIV. It's a little more English. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It says, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law of the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. <laughs> eh, okay. Well, I think that that says a lot. That uh, I feel like that is we are so focused on this one word instead of eradicating child molestation in religion. Mm-hmm. We're so focused in it. And I'm not just talking about Catholic. I'm talking about many religions. Many. They're so focused on the ritualistic part of did we shake that ball twice before we turned around in a circle and then anointed the head. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because God knows what's in your heart. Mm -hmm. And why are we so focused on all of this ritual? Is it so that people just fall in line and just automatically do the ritual? Is it yeah, fear? Is it because if we have that one person who we believe is um, a mouthpiece for God or above us that we'll all fall in line? Yeah. Is it to sever that link between us and Father so that we can be told what he wants us to do instead of having that relationship and just asking? And asking. Yeah, I do have a... a- Sort of a funny story to make this a little light. I need a funny story. So my father, you know, their original language, Spanish speaking. 
and he was not raised Catholic. I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think he was raised Catholic. And so when they, him and my mom moved to the States, when I was four, they became Catholic, got married through the church. So my mother would occasionally have to force my dad to go to church. He was, <laughs> he always said he had, a, he actually always said he had a direct line of talking with God. But so he would appease my mom and come to church. And there is a part of the Catholic church. It's all repetitive and just very monotonous and boring because it's just repetitive and so there's one part where you stand and you greet your fellow catholics at church and you say um peace be with you as you're shaking their hand so my father we overheard him <laughs> one day he was saying pleased to meet you <laughs> he never reached he never wished anybody peace be with you <laughs> He was pleased to meet everybody as he shook their hand. <laughs> That's hysterical. My grandfather, my mother's father, my my grandmother mm-hmm. was very Catholic. And when her and my grandfather, who was, I think he was Lutheran or something like that, when they got married, mm-hmm. the agreement they made was that she would be allowed to raise the children Catholic. And he said that that was fine, that he wasn't going to catholic mm-hmm. right he got baptized so that they could get married in the church and everything but he's like yeah i'm not actually like following any of mm-hmm. that but you can raise the kids catholic okay so and my grandmother her nickname was kitty and she was just this very very sweet woman who she's english and so during the war she would take parachutes from you know the soldiers that, that they dropped in the field and make jackets for kids and take wow. army blankets make make socks for kids who didn't have you know warm clothes just a really sweet lady and my grandfather adored her because she was irish <laughs> irish she's a little feisty she's a little feisty redhead the so my you know it was a huge honor whenever the priest would come to visit for dinner or for anything like oh, that. Oh yeah, everybody wants the priest over. And so because my grandmother was such a sweet person, and you know the the she was a good cook, and so the priest would always come to our house, and they'd come in and they'd say Reginald to my grandfather, grandfather. "We haven't seen you at church," and he would say. Yeah, nope. I think I've decided I'm gonna. You know, have you seen the Mormon boys around here? They got a good story. I'm thinking about. Uh, oh. I'm thinking about going with them, or you know, or he pick a different religion yeah, yeah. or whatever. You know, my grandmother would turn beet red and start yelling, Reginald, you know that's a lie. You're gonna go to hell for lying to a priest. <laughs> Forgive me, Father, for I have <laughs> Forgive me, Father, for I'm just laughing. <laughs> I keep going back to Catholic because that's what I was raised in and what I know the most. But, you know, they have all these alleged uh, books and, and truths, and, but they're all hidden from the people, right? Why on earth any religion, you know, if you believe that you are the one true religion and uh, you want to bring everybody to God, why are we hiding truths or what goes on behind closed doors? Because that's only for people that belong to us. The rest of you are not worthy. Well, and and even within your own religion, not every Catholic is allowed into the Vatican vaults. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like every Catholic has access to every Catholic truth. You know, that's the same with with many religions. It's like when when you get to this this level up here, Mm -hmm. then we'll tell you about it you know yeah when we when we feel like before then it might be the key to heaven but you, you're not going to get it <laughs> and why as a parent laura would you you might hold the key to your car right but as you're watching your child you are watching your child grow mm-hmm. when you see that your child is ready 
to start driving or to learn about their sexuality or to learn about whatever, Mm -hmm. then isn't it you that bestows it on them and tells them, okay, we're ready to start looking at this? Mm -hmm. Or does the government say to you, "Mm, you can't talk about having a period with your daughter until she is the age of 13. If she starts her period at 10, that's just too That's bad. too dangerous. Yeah. yeah. You know, we can't I, share that. This is a, this is, this is a man or woman, mm-hmm. mostly men. Um, this is man deciding on what other humans are worthy to know from God. That's not the dad I know. That's not, that's not the dad I know. The dad I know He's like, look, just ask me. I'll tell you. And if you're having trouble with hearing me, then, you know, ask around and 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 I'll help guide you to where you can find those answers. Is that taking away some of my free will because I cannot make an educated decision because I don't have all the facts? Well, yeah. They're, you know, their facts. I know I can speak to her and pray directly and ask for the answers. but But if there is a fact, there is a book that actually has, you know, the 10 steps to heaven or whatever it is. Why isn't Shouldn't it? we all be allowed to have access to that? Who 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 makes the decision that only certain people can? And man is fallible. Oof. Man is fallible. A little fallible. bit. Yes. I just don't believe that um, that God withholds information from us. He allows us whatever we whatever we can handle at that mm-hmm. time. He reveals to us what we can handle. That's not when everybody is 12 or when everybody is 18 or when everybody is 21. Mm -hmm. Your age does not determine where you are in an emotional, mental, spiritual spiritual Mm -hmm. space. So how can we make that determination? And what right? You know, what what it makes, what right do they have? To withhold that. And, And why would you? That's the thing I don't really understand is why would you? Why would you ever want to withhold God's truth? Well, I know there is one religion that only expects a certain amount of people to get into heaven. So I could see where they would want it to withhold. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're like, look, they're like, just one, two, hold on. Like, cross that out. There's, oh, we're at 139,000. Don't share anymore. Stop telling people. <laughs> And, you know, as we said earlier, we speak our truths and our emotion and and how we feel. We would love to hear, you know, everybody's opinion. How do you feel? Do you feel that being part of your church is restricting you from making certain decisions and you have fear of leaving or you would like to join a church but have fear because you've seen certain restrictions they have? What what do you all think out there? And also... I think now is a good time for us to ask. We have a listener who is in Toyota, Tokyo, and I very well could be butchering (laughs) the town. But we have a listener, one listener in Toyota, Tokyo. We have a gift for you, and we would like for you to please reach out to us at who said you have to at gmail.com if you could send us your name and your address and your shirt size we have a gift for you <laughs> 
I wanted to just take a moment to tell everyone thank you so much for we have had such an amazing response to the Oracle and the Warrior. We've had so many people take their time to listen to our podcast and to just listen to our views. We would really like to hear from all of you. We Mm -hmm. would really like to hear, even if your view is different than ours. For sure. We are always trying to grow and to learn and to see. We're not afraid to hear opposing views or opinions. And we would love to hear from all of you. Please feel free to email us if you have topics or questions or anything that you'd like to talk about. Yeah, message us. We would love to answer your questions. your questions on air or even share your opinion and, and discuss on it as well. If we would like to remain anonymous, please let us know. Please, yes. So that we can uh, keep your name anonymous <laughs> if that's what you would prefer. And we also have a, we Laura and I were invited to join a podcast provider called Wisdom. Mm-hmm. And right now it is only for Apple, but they are working on an Android app as well. You have to be invited into this platform. Mm -hmm. They don't take just everybody. It's a platform that you have to be invited into. And in this platform, they have people can call in, people can ask questions, um, people can join the conversations. Laura and I are still kind of trying to figure it out. But as soon as we have that figured out, we're actually going to give you guys a heads up. You know, like the previous week, we'll have a, like maybe a set time that we go in and mm-hmm. and do those so that you guys can actually join us live. Join us live. We also would like to start doing maybe some Facebook, Facebook, Facebook lives videos uh, while we're recording. I have to brush my hair. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. So that you guys can actually sit there and laugh with us every time that we mess up. So if you would like to get an invite to that, make sure you go to our Facebook page, which is... The Oracle and the Warrior. And like the page so that when we send out, I think it's follow. Like and follow. Yeah, Yeah, like, like and follow. Like and follow the Facebook page, The Oracle and the Warrior. That way when we do anything live, you will get notified of it. And we'll always try to give a heads up. Also, I would like to remind everybody, if you enjoy this podcast, we also have another podcast that is called Who Said You Have To? Laura and I talk about societal issues. This week was narcissism. (laughs) We're actually doing a three-part on narcissism. And this week was just about the difference between an actual narcissist and traits of a narcissist Mm -hmm. so someone who's not an actual narcissist but there's just they have traits that are like a narcissist Mm -hmm. next week we will be talking about the difference between how men and women present with narcissism because believe it or not it is very different and then the third part will actually be uh, ways for you to combat narcissism when you are faced with it is as a mate or a boss or a co-worker or family member and how you can survive that easier. Again, please contact us with any questions, controversial or not. We we would love to answer those and hear your opinion. And even if you have some facts that we may have had wrong, please point those out to us and we will get back to you. Well, facts that Laura had wrong, I didn't have any wrong, uh-huh. I don't think. Mine are all opinions. <laughs> What I hope everyone takes from this episode today is that organized religion is run by humans, and humans are 
100% fallible. I'm not saying that organized religion is wrong for you or for anyone, because I don't have a right to make that decision for you. You have the free will to decide what is right for you. But what I do ask is that you use that free will. If a religious leader or teacher says something that you feel in the pit of your stomach is not truth, ask God. Ask him. No human is more vital than another. There is no priest, there is no bishop, pastor, minister out there that is more vital to God than you are. We are all his children, and he loves all of us exactly the same. Stand for yourself. Stand for what you know is right within you. Believe in yourself. And my hopes are, as I usually say, ditto, (laughs) because I agree. And just stand for truth. Stand, again, for what feels right to you. If you are comfortable and happy and you feel your life is amazing, where you're at, follow that. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It's what you feel. Don't worry about anybody else's judgment. We love all of you just as you are. Peace. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to help us keep it going, please consider donating to our Patreon account. You can use the link in the show notes. You can also help us by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. Reviews are how we grow our listenership. If you have suggestions for topics that you would like us to cover or have any questions, please feel free to contact us at oracleandwarrior at gmail.com. You can also check the show notes for all social media. Until next time, love eternal, the oracle. And stand for truth, the warrior.